You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hey, welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from TripAdvice.com, bringing you all the great information on how to attract more women into your life, how to get a girlfriend, and how to maintain relationships. So today's episode is sponsored by Spartagen XT, your all-natural source for maintaining and boosting your sex drive and libido. So if you are suffering from erectile dysfunction, if you are suffering from finishing too fast with a girl in the bedroom, then this all-natural supplement filled with herbs and vitamins is going to help you. And if you think that your testosterone is low, this is also geared towards helping you with low testosterone. So it helps you with working out along with being confident in the bedroom. So I want you to check it out if any of these seem to be an issue for you. Go to SpartanLibido.com. Again, that's SpartanLibido.com. S-P-A-R-T-A-N-L-I-B-I-D-O.com. Today's episode, we have another interview with Mr. Brian Howie from The Great Love Debate at www.greatlovedebate.com. He shares a very interesting story. This is one of the more popular seminars that is around the world. He started off doing one in his city, and this thing spread like wildfire. That's right. Now they're in almost almost all the main cities across uh, across the United States and now international. And what it is is men and women get together and they ask the question, why is everyone still single? So women get to kind of have some of their time to talk about their frustrations with dating. Guys get their uh, time to to talk about their frustrations in dating, and Brian is going to spill some of the beans on what women are saying is frustrating them, and what are some common problems that women have in dating that can help you, and also some of the more common problems that men have, which you already know about. One of them, and this is something that we tackle today in the podcast, is about confidence. That's right, confidence is one of the bigger issues that men struggle with, and it's one of the things that women are looking for. So we give you some tips on confidence, we give you some tips on how to have a great first date, and Brian Howie uh, is just one of the best people to hear this from because he's heard complaints from women all over the world. So he's got an ear to the ground on this sort of thing, so you're going to get a lot of great information on today's episode. Now before we get into that, just so you know, if you want a free product called Conversation That Gets You Dates, all you got to do is get access to that by taking a screenshot of a review on the How to Talk to Girls podcast in iTunes. Leave a review for us on iTunes and for the How to Talk to Girls podcast and send in that review to me, tripatripadvice.com. Take a screenshot of it. We'll give you access to one of my favorite programs called Conversation That Gets You Dates. Why is this one of my favorite programs? Well, it's basically your course on how to talk to girls. And 
Wow, it is incredible. It's going to teach you all the different things to say from beginning to end when you first meet a girl all the way to getting a date so you know what a conversation is supposed to be like and you'll know exactly what to say to a girl when you first meet her. So leave a review in iTunes, take a screenshot, email me, trip at tripadvice.com, and we will get you access right away. All right, let's not take any longer here. Let's get to the interview. Here is Brian Howie from The Great Love Debate. Hey, Brian, how you doing today? Good, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's awesome to have you on the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm excited to be interviewing you. Uh, I'm, I'm even shocked I was able to, to nail you down for an interview because I know you're so busy traveling all over. Is it just the country or do you guys well, do uh, I all mean, the we're world? Next, 2016 will be all over the world, but we've been all over North America. We've been to 78 cities in the last year. So Right, so he does the great love debate and I just want you to give us a little bit of background about on how that started what it is so the guys who's listening can uh, hopefully attend in, in the city near them well it started um, as a as actually a promotional tour for my book I wrote a book a couple years ago called how to find love in 60 seconds and rather than do a traditional book tour where it was me and two dozen people in a Barnes and Noble I wanted to raise the questions in sort of a town hall style in a theater environment where we could really find out where the disconnect lied between the men and the women. So we take a hundred or so men and put them on one side of a theater and we take a hundred or so women and, and put them on the other side and we mix in a handful of experts and over the course of a couple of feisty hours we try and figure out why all of these seemingly reasonable people are still single. Wow, very <laughs> interesting. Tell me, do you have like any stories, I'm sure you have a ton, but just like any stories that stick out to you um, over the course of the past few years from, I don't know, anything that went down at one of your Yeah, I events? mean, you know, the, the, the tone of it has really improved a lot. It, it used to be very Jerry Springer show and um, where it was really Battle of the Sexes and we really fixed that a lot. But early in the tour, we did a show uh, in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is where I'm from. And um, Bravo TV was taping it for some show they were doing. So it was already kind of a weird vibe anyway because people didn't like the cameras. But some woman stood up and she said, what do you do if you go on a date and you have a nice time? And the guy says, he's going to call you and he doesn't call you. And everybody was like, yeah, that happens. And then she goes, and what do you do if that guy's here tonight? And the women freaked out. They were like, show your face to this poor guy. Oh, and this guy wow. stood up kind of sheepishly and said, hey, I, I really just wasn't feeling it. I didn't know what to say. And the women started calling him a liar. And it turned into this crazy shouting match when really they just didn't know how to communicate. And sort of everything we find in just about every place we go to comes down to either communication or confidence. And, and we have a real breakdown between the men and the women these days. Right. I mean, do you think it's always been this way? No, I think uh, oh, people ask me what what I've learned over you know what has changed over the last twenty years, and a lot of people want to quickly say it's the technology, which is true, and that has changed. But what has changed more than anything else is over the last twenty years there has been a rise in the unapproachability of the women, meaning they have ramped up their independent. I don't need a man, masculine energy, and if anything, a lot of the guys have probably gotten a little more sensitive. So the, the women have sort of taken one step one way, and the men have sort of taken probably a half step the other way, and it has really broken down just the ability to say hi. 
And I think that's the biggest change over the last 20 years. I feel a good book title coming here, like the ability to say hi or something yeah. like that. Because I agree with you. I mean, you, you used to have, I mean, the technology has taken away uh, the need to do that, the need to be face to face. People hide behind their Facebook pages and their match profiles and their Tinder apps and all that. And they really are not required to engage face to face. And that has really broken down, like I said, not just the ability to communicate, but it's really caused a crisis in confidence on, on both sexes. The, you know, the women, you go up to a woman in, in line at Starbucks and she has her phone out just so you won't talk to her. Like she's staring at her phone and a lot of guys, you know, aren't prepared to crack through that and, and to just, you know, roll the dice and get over their fear and insecurity and just say hi. And that's a problem all over the country. Do you think that if a guy sees a girl in Starbucks with her phone out he and he wants to talk to her, he should go and approach her? I think he should. I mean, you know, I, somebody brought up that having the phone out is the equivalent to uh, putting the headphones on on the airplane, and I think that that's not a proper analogy. I think if she has her phone out, she, you know, she could be doing a hundred different things, and he's got to learn. Yeah, he might be rejected, and and yeah, uh, you know, she may not want to talk to him, but he'll never find out unless he tries. So he's got to go up and say hi, ask a question. You know, you have to go into the, every situation as a man with sort of a handful of go-to things that you can just break the ice with. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you know this. A lot of the men either don't have that or are afraid to use that. And they got to they they start. The women want a confident man. And, uh, you, know, they, you know, their part in it is they need to create a, an environment where that man's confidence can flourish. And a little bit, the man needs to be able to recognize when that environment is present and go for it. Do you have a favorite in terms of... Uh, either telling guys or maybe something you, that you use yourself in terms of a guy going up and breaking the ice, anything that comes to mind? Well, I think that, you know, uh, you know you're always better off asking a question than making a comment. Um, comment is kind of risky uh, because she's going to have to cut to, she, it forces her to, she can ignore a comment, but if you ask a question, it pretty much starts a conversation. So it's, you know, what are you having? It's, we're talking about Starbucks. What are you having? What looks good? What is that? I like that. Something like that, that, you know, if she answers you in a friendly fashion, you're home free. And if she answers you in sort of stand-up fashion, at least she answered you and you're not left hanging. You know, a lot of guys' fear is just flat-out rejection. Well, you know, a question and answer is never going to be flat-out rejection. It's a starting point. So. Right, right, exactly. No, I like that. I definitely like that, especially these days with the whole cat calling thing that's going on and and everything with that. I mean, that's that's pure comments right there. Just guys yelling terrible things at girls as they walk by. You know. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, you know, if you're gonna compliment her on something, compliment her on her 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 bag or her shoes or something that's fairly benign that maybe one of her gay friends might say. You know, at least you're engaging in a conversation, and that's a good thing. Don't don't tell her she's hot. She knows she's hot. Yeah, I always say this too. <laughs> Compliment her on her efforts, not her defaults. Yeah, yes, that's that, that's a good thing. She wants to get something specific. Um, you know, she wants a specific compliment, meaning that you paid attention to her, whether it's, her, I love the way you did your hair, your earrings, your dress, something like that that is fairly non-threatening. It's not about her body or her face or her ass or any of those things. You know, um, 
it's, it's, it's all a numbers game. You got to go with statistically what is going to work for you and what is going to appeal to the most women. And, you know, there's a handful of women that really just want to get whistled at and all that, but there's a much, much larger pool of women that just want to have an icebreaker. And, and that's what your goal really is, is to break the ice that, that both the men and the women have. Right, right, exactly. So with this big, uh, great love debate, as you so call it, you know, what are some ways that you're trying to bridge the gaps here between men and women? I mean, what, what's some of the main points or advice that you give at your conference that you can share here today with the guys who are listening? Well, again, it's, 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 there's two sides to the coin. Uh, all the women want a confident man, but maybe 10% of men are naturally confident to the level they want them to be, and 90% of those guys are kind of assholes. There's, an, there's another much larger pool of men, like I said before, that can be confident if the women can create an environment where that confidence can flourish. It is on the man to recognize that environment. So a lot of times the women do what they're taught. They'll give a look, they'll give a smile, they'll give a gesture. They will allow themselves an opening that the men have to be able to recognize, act on, and most importantly not kill that opportunity that's out there. Um, don't be you know, dissuaded by her body language because she may not be aware of what her body language is. You know, she may not be aware of her resting bitch face. And it's not about you. It's sort of she might be in her own head. You really have to get over your fear of, uh, of, of going up to a woman in person and, and saying hello. hello. You really can't go wrong with hi. It's a really good starting point. And you have to start somewhere. And a lot of this, you know, we always give the advice to get your head out of your apps which means, which means don't just rely. I like that. You know, we, we all sort of need now in, in 2016 this sort of positive validation to engage. We need, oh, she also swiped right, so I must be able to connect with her. And that's fine, but you can't rely on that as a crutch. You have to be able to every single day recognize that you are going to be within, in every city in America, you are within 10 yards, you are within 30 feet of a thousand people of the opposite sex. So the guys are within 10 yards of a thousand women every single day. You have to only pick out a handful of those women to have some sort of connection with and act on it. You know, you're talking about close to half a million people a year, women a year that you're within 30 feet of. If you don't have the ability to recognize the ones that may be open to be approached, then then you're really letting a lot of opportunities go by. Right, I agree with you. Do you think do you think that guys should get entirely get off the apps and the dating websites? No, as uh, as one of our uh, somebody's done our show a lot. I know you know her. Kim Seltzer says that you you know you have to diversify your dating portfolio, which means that you have to use all the tools in your arsenal. You don't need to get off, off the ass, but you can't be so reliant on it that in the 95%, hopefully, of the time in your day that you are not on an app, and I hope that that's a, a generous guess that you're only on there 5%, you have to recognize that there are, there are opportunities within, within your sphere all of the time, wherever you are, as long as you get out of your house. And a lot of your answers and a lot of your connections do lie outside of your house. We've become a little bit too comfortable 
behind our keyboards and uh, and you need to get out of your comfort zone the answers probably lie outside of your comfort zone and and, and that's where the man needs to go yeah I always say you know you should be spending in terms of meeting women at least 60 to 70 percent of the time trying to do it in person rather than doing it on the apps I agree with uh, with Kim in terms of you know diversifying your dating portfolio I think that every guy should get on a few apps get on a dating website it can't hurt but at the same time I just feel it's better to spend more of your time trying to meet women in person because you're gonna be working on a skill that's gonna be necessary anyways when you finally do meet the girls in person because unless you want some sort of weird relationship where you're just online and and that's she, all I you she know. yeah she does not want a pen pal and it's one of the biggest complaints we hear at these shows that either the guys will go back and forth online forever and not ask them out or they will ask them out and then not actually plan the date so you know there's sort of three steps to that uh, you know can I have your number and then there's would you like to go out with me and then the third one is the hardest one and that is planning what to do a lot of guys bail out before step three because they don't know you know, even if you ask a girl out to dinner, especially in a place like Los Angeles where I am, you don't know what she might eat, you don't know what she wants, you don't know, and the guys feel like they can fail. So a little bit you have to sort of, you know, don't be afraid to be creative and don't be afraid to ask questions. She doesn't mind you asking questions of what she likes, what she prefers, what she wants, what she needs, and, and the more information you can get out of her through a conversation, especially face-to-face, that sort of gives you a roadmap to what it's going to take to make her happy. Yeah, absolutely. What do you what do you recommend for guys in terms of what to do with girls on a first date or even a second date? Is there anything that comes to mind that you that you tell guys that's just a great idea for a first date? Well, I mean, if you want to if you want to get out of uh, just your traditional you know drinks and dinner and all that, go to something that is participatory meaning uh, I know in Los Angeles a lot around the country they have like those places where you can drink wine and paint you know <laughs> those are fantastic oh I've heard of this is this a new thing yeah they're popping up all over the place they boozy, have like boozy painting classes or yeah something. like the painted cabernet I know they have those where you drink wine and you're painting and, it, and it's you know that's one of those things that if you're terrible at it it's fun and if you're good at it it's fun and it's just a way that you have an activity that you're both doing together. You know, that's why even comedy clubs are very underrated date spots. It's not like going to a movie where you can't talk for two hours. Comedy clubs, you have plenty of room to engage. And at the very least, the next day, she's going to remember that she laughed on your date. And that's a good thing, too. You know, sometimes without having an activity and you're just face to face at dinner, both parties are really nervous. Um, and that also, you know, it, it, brings up that that crisis in confidence that we're looking for so you're looking to do things that are that are fun and engaging and there's a little bit of a distraction yeah I like that and you know definitely something where yeah there's just not so much pressure put on it you know that's more fun and and the whole thing too is I always say to guys I'm really against the dinner date as a first date I'm actually very much for the dinner date being a second date uh, because at the end of the day I think well, first of all, I think that women, they do eventually want that dinner date. You know, it's a classic date. They know? do. And, and I think it's good to have that too. I mean, that's 
something you want to do. You want to sit across from someone and, and just have good, meaningful conversation. Should it be on the first date? No, not necessarily. So I like your idea there of doing some sort of uh, involved activity where you guys can not just talk to each other, but kind of comment on what's going on and just have a more of a loose time. Yeah. I'm not a fan of coffee as a first date because I think then you're just sort of having an interview to go on a date. I mean, it's okay and some people like it. Yeah, it's like a pre-date. It's a pre-date. So you got to sort of sort of get into something where you're spending time, but it's it, it's a little non-traditional. And it's going to show that you you did some thought. Um, you know, the more she thinks that, that she's the first one you did something with or outside of the box, she's going to like that. She's going to like that you used imagination. And don't be afraid to use imagination. There's more that can come out of it in a good way than in a bad way. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Cool. So let's let's continue talking about about confidence. You said that this is something that uh, women really want in a guy, and I've definitely preached that many many times before. And that you're saying guys these days have become a little less confident. Is that what you said? I, I don't want to. Yeah, I think they have, and I think the women. Uh, you know, that is the one thing that comes out of our, our our shows is that the women have no idea that it's difficult for the men. They, they really think it's just shooting fish in a barrel for the guys out there, and they really like to hear that the men don't have it as easy as they think they do. And, uh, and so, you know, they, you know we, at these great love debates, they, wanna, they like hearing that men are a little nervous and, and a little less confident and, uh, than they can be, but again, sh- that's still on the man. They want the guy to be the guy. Even, you know, I always say after six o'clock, the, the, the women should go back to being the girl and the men should go back to being the boy. And what that means is you're in charge and she likes that. So you're in charge of what you're doing, how you're doing, paying for it, all of those kind of things. And she's not as, as fearful of you making a mistake as you probably are yourself. So you have to not be scared to mess up because um, she at, le- at least liked that a guy goes for it. And, uh, and that's a real key to the whole thing. As I, as I said before and as we said, the number one thing that the women are looking for is confidence. And if you don't have that, being aware that you don't have that is a pretty good first step. Um, listening to things like this podcast helps the, the, doing it. But really take inventory of what it is about either dating or women or approaching the opposite sex that gives you a hard time, that makes you nervous, and learn how to come up with, create your own sort of scenario where you can succeed. And that, that, that's a lot easier than you think as long as you're you know, aware of it and take the steps to improve it. What do you think, if you had, if you had to say, what, if, someone, if someone comes up to you, a guy comes up to you and says, all right, you know, I just want to get your number one tip on how I can become more confident. Like, what's the one thing that you seem to say over and over to guys to get them to be more confident, or what's something you think that works really uh, well? I got it from Thomas Edwards. You know Thomas Edwards, the wingman. I don't think okay. so. Uh, he's married to Lori Davis. They're, they're a couple of dating coaches, and he's done the show a bunch of times. And he says, "Your yes lives in the land of no," and what that means is. In order to get what you want, you have to get outside of your comfort zone. Go out with somebody who you think is either not your type or not in your league or something like that and not be afraid of the rejection because in that 
It's across the other side of the fence of where your answers lie and where you're going to be succeed. So it's about taking that risk and being up to that challenge. That's where the answers are. They are not in safe, relaxed, comfortable, or whatever. That's not working out for you. Do you think that that there could be that that could backfire in any way? You know, if a guy um, ends up, you know, trying to get out of have his comfort zone and screws up, and then he's like, "Oh, I knew it. I am a loser." You know what I mean? Or something terrible uh, happens from that. I, I, you know, the more experienced you are at, at, at doing it, you know, dating is a muscle that you need to exercise, and uh, and there's plenty of opportunities to do it. And in you know, repetition, you know, it's the old. Uh, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky thing, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You have to take a shot. And no matter who the guys are, they're all probably going to be rejected. You're not, you know, a guy came to one of our shows in, uh, in Burbank uh, recently, and he said he'd asked out 50 women that he had uh, met through Match or whatever, and, and all 50 said no. And really the answer was, he's, then he's got to ask out 51 women. Or 52. Like it really is a numbers game. And it really is the more you you do it without being afraid of the result, the better that result is probably going to be. Yeah, I like that. And you know what? For that guy who's been rejected 50 times, you know, yeah, there's you're just going to have to keep doing it more. And I would say to that guy that you're going to have to tweak something, you know, because as much as it's a numbers game, yeah, you got to figure out what it is that's that's and get get professional. You know, you get help writing your resume when you're looking for a job. There, there's no reason not to bring in, you know, coaching and experts and and all that stuff, and and even some of your girlfriends to help you with either your dating profile, your wardrobe, your approach, any of those kind of things to improve your odds of success. And you would do that in any other aspect of your life. There's no reason why you shouldn't do that in probably the most important, and that is love and relationships. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and that's the thing these days too is I think that people have to understand that there's a lot of skills that can be honed in dating and relationships. And for whatever reason, they're not talked about much. You know, we we get taught a lot of different things in school and uh, one of them is not how to attract the opposite sex or the same sex and not how to have thriving relationships you know it's like you only try to there's only stuff out there to try to fix the situations like um, you know if you have problems you go see a uh, a marital counselor or something like that but and you kinda know about that maybe growing up but you don't know about how you can you know, start off from the right from the bat. Uh, you know, doing well and and trying to to be attractive and try to you know get more dates. You know, right from the get go. And I I just hope that you know more shows like this pop up and, and the great love debate goes into you know over three hundred cities so more people can learn about the person that they're trying to attract. You know, one thing I talk about on the podcast and on my YouTube channel is how to understand women. I think that's one of the biggest things. What do you think is is something that guys have uh, not so great of an understanding on women that can that you know you can tell us that can help them? Well, that what, in relationships that whatever their their thought process or their mood or their emotion is in that moment may have absolutely nothing to do with you. <laughs> and so, a lot of times, whatever her action or reaction or whatever 
you know, a lot of guys either take it personally or they're trying to too quickly solve the puzzle. Sometimes there's the storm you got to ride out. And sometimes um, she's just in her own head a lot of more. I mean, we all know that we think differently, yet we don't really act like we think differently, you know, and, uh, and that's a different approach. She thinks that she's communicating to you very clearly how much she likes you, and you're thinking you are not getting anything back. And so if you're aware that she is also having trouble communicating with you, it never hurts to ask questions. Women love to be asked questions. They like to, A, because it, it gives them the chance to, to speak the give you the information that you want. But B, it shows that you care a little bit about who she is, what she does, what she's thinking, all of those things that I think two people, especially in the early stages of a relationship, you're just trying to find out about each other and you're just trying to have a good time. You know, your only goal on the first date is to get a second date. And you're only going on a second date is to get a third date. And slowly you're going to put one foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, she's, we're, we're all, once we get to a certain point, bringing, bringing a certain degree of, you know, experience and, and, and baggage and fear and pain and all these things. And so you're not any different from anybody else in that regard. And she's not going to think negatively of you because of that. So it really is just, you know, being a little more ballsy than you probably think you're capable of. That, that's right. probably a good way to put it. Right. No, I like that. That's really good. That's really good. And so what do you think are what do you think is like a sign that a woman might give to a guy that she's interested that the guys commonly overlook? Well, guys, you know, you know, the women all teach each other to make eye contact and smile. And I get that and that's good. I teach women to do a little bit more than that. But but on that note, they think that if they're doing that, the men should react. And a lot of times the men's first instinct is, is she looking at me? She's smiling at me and and you're rejecting the very thing that she that you want out of her is to be noticed. Your only goal is to be noticed and her only goal is to be noticed. And once you notice each other, whether it's online or in person or whatever, then it's sort of on you to pick up the signal. So whatever she did, the notice, you can't just assume she's looking at you because you have mustard on your shirt. You have to always assume it's a positive thing. So if she notices you, you have to, again, be able to recognize that opportunity act on that opportunity and most importantly don't kill that opportunity and it still comes back to the same thing we talked about earlier say hello or hi or come up with some reason to talk to her and if she doesn't want to talk to you that might not be about you either but it's worth taking a shot you can't go wrong saying hello right exactly your only downside is well you didn't get to talk to her anyway so what's the difference you're right back where you started so, you know, it's not like you have to go back an extra step. If you try and engage with her and she's not into it, you haven't lost anything more than if you didn't try at all. There's no downside. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going back to, again, what you said, you know, if you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, you might as well go for it. You know, I just know a lot of guys, they just, they'd rather be comfortable, you know, and protect their ego by not going for it. But I always say to them is that, you know, Okay, you know what? You you might get rejected. It might hurt more, uh, in the in the moment. It might hurt more to get rejected than to not do anything. But really, you have to invest in those approaches and invest the time to start 
talking to girls even though you might get rejected because at the end of the day, logically speaking, it's so much better to have gone out, talked to you know 20 girls and get rejected by all of them than to not have gone at all because at least Absolutely. you get that experience. And a little bit you have to look at, you know, successful actors and actresses learn that when they're auditioning, if they don't get the part, it just means they weren't right for the part. It had nothing to do with their talent or who they are or anything like that. It just wasn't a fit. And the more you take that approach to dating where I'm auditioning to go out to dinner with you essentially and if it and if she's not interested, it just means you weren't right for that part and it really is not about you. And the more you can sort of distance yourself from taking it so personally or she might not be ready in that moment or she might be stressed or distracted or any of those things and realize that again there's no risk there's no downside you're just trying to make a connection in a moment then i think you'll be fine and then you know what i i 100% agree and i'll take it even one step further i'll say and you know what maybe it is you and so what if it is you i bet you that you're going to meet a girl one day and there's going to be something about her that you really don't like and something that you know maybe hopefully she'll work on in the future i mean that's your fault, and I don't say that to to put any guy down or or to uh, you know to be too harsh, but it's something that you gotta admit and you gotta live up to. Okay, you know what? Maybe I did kind of suck on that date. Maybe I was a little shy. Maybe I didn't ask the right questions. Maybe my eye contact wasn't that good. Maybe I didn't dress so well. You know, it's okay to admit those things because those are things you could fix, and then you can get better. But if you just play that. Uh, the mentality of, you know, I can't do anything wrong and it's all her and she was a bitch or, or whatever it is, you're never going to grow and you're never going to see any results. So I always say, you know what, be a little tough on yourself. Try to figure out what it is that you could do better because you're only going to win in the long run. Yeah. Would you date you? I mean, you kind of have to look at it and, uh, and get some independent analysis of, of what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're wearing, how you're approaching that. All of those things have tremendous value. I mean, football teams, they self-scout they self all the time. They look at, well, what would I do to stop our offense? And it's the same thing. And again, she also is having trouble dating. <laughs> the women are having probably more difficulty than the guys are. You know, that's what I've, you know, I've learned over probably 30,000 people have come to our Great Love Debate shows. You know, as hard as we think it is for the men, it's harder for the women. Because at least the men still, you know, in their mind have the control they can approach. The women, you know, are capable of approaching, but they won't for societal reasons or personal reasons, whatever. There's no real excuses for why the men shouldn't be approaching. Other than you're in your own head, you're afraid, and you're afraid of the rejection. So you're still in control. You act, and she'll react. And a lot of those times, her reaction is going to be exactly what you want. Right. Exactly. That's great. That's great. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about about the great love debate. What are some other things that you have learned that have maybe shocked or surprised you about anything? I mean, anything regarding uh, some of the guys, or some of the guys, well, said, I, some of the girls. I'm, I'm surprised at the you know, 70% of the stuff in every city we go to is exactly the same. But I'm also surprised, meaning, and we've done very specific shows too. We've done uh, Asian shows and we've done a gay show and we've done a single parent show. And I always say, if we printed out the transcript of all the shows, you would not know who it is. It's all down to confidence communication. But the middle of the country, 
the, the Midwest, even Texas, is so much more hopeful than the coasts. Uh, wow, interesting. It, Why do you think that is? Well, I uh, a little bit, I think that, you know, I'm from New York, I live in LA, and those are the two worst places as far as dating. The breakdown, it's brutal. Um, they're very two-dimensional places. They're not used to engaging. You go, you go out in Chicago, and I know you, I think you said you're in Chicago now. The men and the women go out together, even if it's just to watch the Bulls game. You know, even if it's to share a pizza, the men and the women, or they play a lot of you know sports together when the, when it thaws out. Environments where that where the men and women are used to hanging out together socially, and it's not so you know predator prey sort of thing. It, it trickles down to all of the dating culture everywhere. Um, every city we go is different. The farther south we go, the younger the crowds get. The, the women in Atlanta are frustrated at 24 that they're still single in a way that a woman in New York at 34 probably doesn't feel yet. So, you know, you, you sort of have to be aware of what is the dating environment in your own city and in your own region because it does trickle down, you know, to the culture. What are the things to do on a date? The women are tired of the guys in Denver just wanting to go hiking. <laughs> the women in Portland don't want to see one more guy with a beard who sold his car to ride his bike. That means they can't get picked up on a date. I mean, the women in Miami do not want to see one more guy who reminds them of their father. Like That really is, is sort of an interesting landscape that we learn in every single city. But it still comes down to if you can just say hello, and and again, and another thing that the guys bring up, everything. I mean, the issue of of money comes up a lot. That sometimes the men are, you know, worried. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about you know, that. You know, you know, I I'm of the school that I believe that the at least in the first few dates, the woman should never touch the door or her wallet, and I and I think that she has spent way more money than you have getting ready for the date. So it should, it should, it should you, you even out in that. But a lot of the guys are like, you know, I go out six, seven times, uh, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on her. And, and it's not that they're like, I'm not getting any sex, sex back. It's I'm not getting any sort of affirmation or validation if she's even into me back. And that is, that is a problem that, that, that the, on the women, as much as the men, is the women do not as overtly give the signals. You know, the first few dates, he's asking her out, he's complimenting her, he's paying for her, and usually he's getting back, thank you, and not much other than that. So you have to be aware that all when she says, when you ask her out again, and she says yes, that is the affirmation that you need. Or she wouldn't go out with you again. If she's going out with you a second time and a third time and a fourth time, it really isn't because she likes the free dinners. It's not. She can buy her own dinner. It really is that she is enjoying the process of dating you and getting to know you. And, you know, as long as she's still wanting to go out with you, I think that that's all the sign you need. I always say that girls are amazing at at ignoring you and not and trying not to be with you so they're you know if they, yeah if they show any sign of being around you talking to you wanting to be closer to you going on a third fourth date trust me this girl's not broke just like you said looking for free dinners because the kryptonite to a woman is a creepy annoying guy 
who uh, who she doesn't like. So she will uh, stay far, far away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so at the end of the day, uh, it's some of the little signs that you got to see from a girl that really, uh, you know, is is a tell that that she's interested. But you know, I, I like I like the way you're putting that too. And it is important for the guy to really take control, especially in those first couple of dates. You know, I always say to the guys, it's kind of a blessing. I don't see it as a curse at all. I, I love that we get the opportunity as a man to be in control and to uh, be the, the chooser and to decide and to, to be able to play that role. I think that's way better than, you know, hoping for the best. I mean, put yourself in a woman's shoes. I almost feel bad for them. They got to kind of sit back and hope for the best that a guy is going to going to play his role it's just like ugh, what a powerless position to be i know the the blurring of the gender roles over the last you know two generations has really become a problem but at the end of the day the women at least on the dating side want it to go back to the way it was so they want to you know get rid of their professional selves after six o'clock and go back to being boys and girls and when that happens you have to take charge you got to drive you got to pick her up. You got to do all those kind of, you know, things. And, 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 and she likes all of that stuff. Just because they've sort of forgotten to say thank you every time you hold the door doesn't mean that you shouldn't stop holding the door. Um, you know, man, they want to be treated like a lady. And, that, and you know, the best way to do that is you act like a man. And, um, and it's okay to be and – and what a man means, that doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable and honest and sharing and – and all those kind of things that probably don't come as natural to a guy as 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 they do to the women, but you can't be afraid to make a mistake, um, because you're going to make one eventually, and, uh, and right. so you know, right? And and she, you know, she probably she's nervous too. So especially on the first day, it's not it's not that easy for any two people to get thrown together, but the more times you do it, the better off you'll be, and that's why you know. At the Great Love Debate, more people match at our shows than any other, anything else. And people always ask, why do you think that is? And it's just the very act of getting 100 single women and 100 single men in a room and having them talk and having them engage and having them share. That's as good as anything, anything else. Just the very act of putting them together. You know, online dating, you know what online dating replaced in terms of the the numbers of people, you know, 30% of people meet through online dating for marriages now. You know what that 30% took the place of? Tell me. Church. And it it wasn't about people that were, were praying. It wasn't about that. It was church was the act of getting people in a big room together. So any place where you can go that there's people, you know, members of the opposite sex, whether it's meetup groups or taking classes or volunteering or doing sports any place where you're going to put yourself in a pool where there's lots of people the opposite sex that is the key to everything you're never going to meet somebody sitting in your house other than engaging in them online and that's still not really meeting them so the more you can find activities where there's other people around because it's not even about who they are it's as much about who they know and, and, you know, just because she may not be a fit, well, she might have a best friend or a cousin or something like that. You got to be engaging with people of the opposite sex. And that's the biggest key. Absolutely. Absolutely. And anyone who's listening right now, I mean, I highly encourage you to check out the great love debate in your city because, I mean, 
as Brian was saying earlier, you're going to be able to find out the most common complaints that women have in your city. And then I feel like you have this, this kind of leg up. You know what I mean? It's like, ooh, now you kind of know what's going on. Like you were talking about how, how in, in, in Colorado or Denver, the women are sick of going on hikes. It's like if you just had that in, that one little piece of information, did that little tweak something differently when you go out and date, I mean, you could be you know, far yeah, ahead. A woman in Denver said if we all wanted to go hiking, they would build the bars on top of the mountain. <laughs> that's a funny line you know she thinks that like it's great and eventually when they're dating they'll probably do that but she thinks it's lazy she thinks it doesn't really say anything about her it's like you want to just go hiking because that's what everybody does there and it's about thinking outside the box and they like originality more than anything else right you know it's funny too because speaking of hiking that's actually a an amazing date to go on in somewhere like Los Angeles because while it's yeah. available, it's not really the common thing that most people do there. So that would right. be sort of unique. Yeah, in LA, that's a, that's a great thing. Or you know, going uh, going on a long walk in New York City if you're in New York City, that is a fantastic thing too. You want to just walk forty blocks of Broadway? Yeah, that works. It's great. But so doing things that are sort of outside of the norm but are still really about getting to know each other, I think that's all good. Right. Awesome. Brian, this has been great. Lots of great information here. Uh, lots of great little tips. And again, if you're listening, check out the great love debate. Doc. Is it great love debate? It's, or is yep, it the, know that. Yeah. Greatlovedebate.com. Greatlovedebate.com. Check that out. Check out Brian's podcast too. Uh, it's relatively new. Am I right? I mean, you only yeah. have maybe about 13 episodes or yeah, so. Yeah, a couple months. We just started doing a couple months ago at Podcast One and uh, we have great guests and we have fun. But you know, our job is to raise the questions as much as provide the answers. And, and the very act of raising the questions just goes so far because we all have them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you very much. Uh, go check out The Great Love Debate. You're going to learn a ton more. Uh, Brian, any last words you want to share with uh, the listener right now? Um, get rid of the words, not my type. Because if you're over 30 and you're still single, you have no type. Your type's not working out for you. And what I mean by that is, again, get out of your comfort zone and sit face-to-face -face or talk face-to-face -face with somebody who you may think is not the, the normal person because, again, not only are you going to find out something about them, you're going to find something out about yourself. And the more you can find out about yourself, the easier it will be to date. Awesome. Spoken perfectly. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.